Shabbos. How to build the holy. How can human beings take the materials common or precious, but that appear in the natural world, and infuse them with a holiness worthy of being a house of God, a sanctuary like this one, of Kedusha? That's a question that our Parsha, Vayikahel, attempts to answer. It describes once again the elements that the Israelites used to construct that first holy tabernacle in the wilderness where God's presence might feel manifest. Women and men came together, donating gifts of value, gold, silver, acacia wood, even the available dolphin skin. And then they utilized their God-given talents, artistic and craft skills, to bring that tabernacle's construction into being. But the Torah reminds us that the same materials used to build the mishkan, the weave of the yarn, the warm shine of the gold, the smooth shaping of the wood, forming a place of sanctity, well, they can also be used for nefarious purposes, to make idols, as the gold that was meant for the mikdash at first was instead molded into what? The golden calf. The challenge in life is not to find holy material, but to have kedusha, or holiness, as your intention, your motivation, as you shape not just the material, but the culture and the values of the society that you're building and promoting. All of that will inform the Jewish future. Beware, Vaikahel teaches us. For alongside that capacity for sanctity, sir, sanctity, the tendency towards idolatry is also always lurking nearby at the surface of the human condition. So much so that even if you might be thinking that you're working for good ends and you utilize the means that include an idolization of injustice and self-aggrandizement, then the material will produce not holiness, but a contemporary golden calf. Our struggle as Jews against such idolatry is ongoing. The materials and the drives are always present. I thought of that truism when following the most recent campaign developments in the land of Israel, where the parties in their will to power are for the first time in a long time consolidating into tighter groups that they might meet the threshold requirements that will allow them to take power as they're seated in the Knesset, Israel's parliament. Israel is a land whose existence as a Jewish state I support with all my efforts that we might have one place on this earth, despite its tiny size, where Jewish nationalism, Zionism, reflecting the idealism of Torah and our Jewish experience and history, having lived with injustice so many times, might be expressed in true freedom. It's a place that must not just offer refuge to our people, can't just be a site of refuge, 
but it has to exemplify the vital vision of a dynamic Jewish future. The Torah teaches us that the Jewish state can help us to be what God intended, and or legoyi, a light unto the nations. Not a place just like any other place. Not a place that just fits in, but an example of what a good state does as we help to bring on the Messianic age. And of contemporary Israel, despite all the criticisms because of the conflict, there is so much of which we can be proud. It's a place where Jews from all the world, with all colors, work together, where democracy is central to its political organization, where rockets to the moon this last week, now with Israeli technology, reach toward the stars, where organizations like Israel who go to places of distress all over the world to help limit suffering, are found, where the Israeli pop song wins the Eurovision contest, and Israeli culture like Shtitzel makes it onto Netflix and entertains Americans, and a city like Tel Aviv, its openness and acceptance, embracing gay rights, can be an example of a way to embrace pluralism that can spread throughout the Middle East. There is so much for us to be proud of, even as we know there's so much work to be done for Israel to truly aspire to be that light of hope. We know she has to constantly be prepared to fight for her survival in a dangerous region, and she struggles to make peace and let control of the lands that she captured in 67, lands that Ben-Gurion at the time rightly warned would become a burden if we were kept too long. But for the partners for peace in that process have been few. But our pride, our support, our realism does not mean that we can be silent when we recognize the leadership of Israel is taking on the homer, the material that forms the foundations of democracy, and uses it to shape a contemporary golden calf by worshiping at the idol of power at any cost. This past week, Prime Minister Netanyahu, who's worked to stay in power, often changing forms like a chameleon, changes perspectives, bringing on coalition partners that form the most right-wing government in Israeli history, all the while saying he would promote peace once he found a real partner. For so many of us, he's now gone too far. He's taken the gold of Israeli democracy and has been working it into a mishkan of wrong, into a tool of his own convenience, at the risk of abandoning the values upon which the country is based, tarnishing its golden hue to make it seem like any other country in the area, one that does not respect the rights of the minority or embrace the Western values that make it a natural partner for this great land. I hope you know that as a rabbi, I've been loath to use this bima to criticize particular politicians. But when even APAC protests his latest decision, then on this Shabbat of building the Mishkan, we as a synagogue so involved in Israel advocacy, and I as a rabbi, cannot be silent. What the prime minister did that's so unfortunate, besides the indictments he's also accused of, is engineer an amalgamation of Marikani's-based party 
with a Jewish home party guaranteeing them a place in his next government if elected to help ensure the primacy of the coalition. As the Prime Minister of Israel, he's actively working to bring a party acknowledged as racist by other Jews into the Israeli government. And we should be aware. Do you know who Merrick Hanna was? I met Merrick Hanna once as a college student. He was the founder of the JDL, the Jewish Defense League. My housemate in the kosher kitchen we founded at Pomona College as Independent of the Hillel, of which Rabbi Beth and I were leaders. He independently invited this founder of the JDL to come speak. It was controversial throughout the entire community as Kahana was perceived as one beyond the pale, who embraced violence, who embraced the desire to evict Israeli Arab citizens from the land of Israel. I'll never forget preparing to challenge him as a junior in college at his lecture. And my embarrassment as he skillfully plowed through my objections, not letting me speak, an inexperienced college student. I was a townie, a native of Claremont. I knew many of the people from my synagogue in the same room, and I smiled a bit when an outraged voice behind me rose over Kahana's voice and berated him and cut him down for cutting off such a nice young man, she said. <laughs> you should be ashamed, she called out, and she silenced him, a rare thing in his life. I, of course, neglected to let him know that it was my mother who was speaking behind <laughs> her. <laughs> Well, Merrick Hanna went on to move to Israel, and the party he formed, Kach, now called Otzma Yehudit, was identified with what Yossi Klein Halevi calls in his latest article, Hilul Hashem, the desecration of the name of God. It's the kind of behavior the rabbis of the Talmud believe led to the destruction of the ancient states of Israel. Kahane and his followers advocate desecrating mosques. They inspired Baruch Goldstein, who massacred 29 Palestinians in Hebron at the Cave of the Patriarchs, as well as the Jewish terrorist who murdered Rabin. Though he himself was murdered, his ideology, which has been an anathema in mainstream Israeli politics, lives on. Yitzhak Shamir would not sit in government with him. But leaders of the small party that the prime minister encouraged to consider being a member of his next government embraces the ideology that, again, in Klein Halevi's words, represents a racist theology. One of the party leaders he said to be in his government still displays in his home, proudly, a poster of Rabin's murderer. And so I can't be silent. We need to encourage the Israeli public to do the right thing, to demand that the prime minister disavow this association. The Holocaust caller, Deborah Lipstadt, who's coming to San Francisco soon, she resigned her membership from her Orthodox synagogue for refusing to do so. This is a party that has racist views, she said. It's a party that condones murder. This is a party that condones the man who committed the largest mass murder in Israel by a Jew. Those are all things that I find despicable, and to say it's just politics is really bad." End quote. It's not just politics, but the challenge of idolatry, not an ancient one, but an ever-present one, rearing its ugly head in the Jewish experience. 
we do need to separate out our political disagreements versus witnessing against the breach of our communal ethics. It's our responsibility, part of the breach, the covenant of Judaism, to strive to be that or legoyim, that light, and show a different way forward. Let us join with Jews, Israeli and North American, condemning this kind of idolatry and stand together for a strong Israel that embraces peace, that sees the holy in every human being a reflection of God's presence, and that uses the homer, the material of democracy, to build up a mishkan of hope for a better world. Amen.